This recording was brought to you by Media One Audio Visual. To learn more about us, visit us online at MediaOneAudio.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you all had a delicious and productive lunch. Um, Marcos is waiting to take a seat. Hi, Marcos. Welcome. You missed AV testing. You missed it. I know. No, too late. I'm sorry. Good luck. It's okay. No, I didn't. Sorry. I was giving you a hard time. I'm giving my speakers a hard time. Welcome back. Thanks, everyone. We're here to do our incredible two hours of demos. Um, these are super fun. Some of them are fresh products, new ideas. It's really exciting. Um, so we're starting this off with, actually, is it Tantic Selic? Tantek Celic. I didn't actually ask you to pronounce your name. Um, who will be launching our demos off with a huge hit. Let me start you going there. And here you are. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. You on that one? Are we on here? Are we on this mic down here? Great. Uh, I'm Tantik Chalik, and I do web standards for Mozilla. I'm going to show you a little about uh, the HTML5 audio support that's in Firefox and the audio data API. So how many of you are familiar with HTML5? A few folks in here? Okay. Are you familiar that now every single modern browser has built-in native audio support? And what this means is that there's an audio tag, and sites are already using it uh, to go ahead and play audio right there in the browser without using Flash or anything else. And what happens is, it's just like an image tag. So those of you who are familiar with HTML, you say image source equals um, to, to an image. For the audio tag, you just say audio source equals. You put up a little controls attribute, and the browser will put up controls. You can play, pause, change the index, all that kind of thing. Now, the interesting thing is that the events this element supports let you rebuild your own controls if you want. But what it, they don't do is let you read and write raw audio data. And so Mozilla has released a audio data API. And so here's a few really, really simple examples of what you could do with that. Uh, this right here, for example, is just a tone generator. Right? Really simple. You just type in a frequency, you know and play it, really simple like that. Of course, you can imagine that you take something like that, add some HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and you could build an entire keyboard up with that, right? So then you can go ahead and, you know, play different keys, change the waveform, uh, make all kinds of different sounds, that kind of thing. So you can build an entire musical instrument purely out of JavaScript, HTML, and CSS in the browser. But wait, there's more. Of course, if you can get access to the data to write it, it's good to get access to the data to read it as well. And if you do both of those, you can do something like a little mixing console where you can go ahead and do things like change the pitch in real time, reading from one audio stream and then writing to another audio element. Or you can go ahead and do a low pass filter. Same basic idea. Right, we're just doing a bunch of math here. And this is all based on open source JavaScript libraries that are using the browser's built-in audio data APIs. No plugins or anything like that. Another feature of HTML5 is the new Canvas element, which lets you draw uh, arbitrary shapes and all kinds of um, different things. And so since we have access to the data of a sample, you can use the HTML5 audio element, the Mozilla Audio Data API, 
and the canvas element to then do dynamic, real-time, FFT, etc. visualizations. spectrum here. You can see the little blue lines showing you real-time FFTs are going on. And this is all being done in JavaScript in the browser. So just to give you an idea of what's possible. All this works on the Android version of Firefox 4 as well. So if you go ahead and download Firefox 4, all this works for you today. So let's see, what did we just show you? We just showed you the audio element. It works across browsers. And then the audio data API to generate tones, a simple synthesizer, transformation of filters, and a nice visualizer. All these demos are all linked and documented uh, at wiki.mozilla.org audio. So if you're curious, you can go take a look there. Again, I'm Tantik Chalik, and thanks for your time. Great. Uh, is this on? You can oh. closer to you if it helps. Uh, OK. Um, great. Well, thank you. So we've got about, you, you blew through that very quickly, which is excellent. And I would encourage everyone to follow suit. Um, so we've got about four minutes, four and a half minutes for questions. If anyone has anything they'd like to ask about this. Uh, so I'm just going to run over the mic. Oh, there we go. Hi, this is Firefox only, right? So are you planning on making this some sort of standard system that could work across every browser? Great question. So he said, this is Firefox only, right? And let me just take you to the page that I showed you there. Uh, yes, the audio data API, getting data out, reading data, and writing data to audio element is a Firefox innovation. And it's been, we basically put it out there to see what developers build from it. And it is Firefox 4 only right now. But uh, we've kicked off, along with uh, Google and Apple, a bunch of other folks, the W3C Audio Working Group just kicked off two months ago to work on this technology and standardize it and come up with a standard API. So this is an area that you know, we support standards at Firefox. We also support innovation and experimentation. And we want to see what you guys can build with it. Yes, uh, I was just wondering, like, uh, if you look at the standards that are in the place, like Google's pushing WebM, and then we have H264 from Adobe and the likes. And if you are putting everything in the cloud, you have to encode it for both the two different standards, extra work for us. That's the biggest problem. This is interesting, but I don't think uh, it's exciting any of us because if we are going to launch a service, our cost, we have to double our server farm more than anything else. Any thoughts on that? Ah, uh, yes, the, the, the formats question. Well, so Firefox supports open and free formats like Aug Vorbis, uh, Theora. Um, and now WebM, uh, both for you know, the audio and the video formats as well. And Chrome supports open formats as well. Uh, IE9 supports open formats with a codec plugin. Um, at this point, there's enough transcoders out there and folks that will host files, uh, like Vidly, for example, for, for video, that a lot of that is being addressed by the market. And I foresee that you know, this open formats are just going to end up getting better and better support over time. Thanks. Um, how, about, how about the input and the capture tags? How are those doing? So the question was getting, how about, at, the, how getting about, at the microphone. How about the input and the capture tags? So right now, uh, there's, there's no support in Firefox 4 for doing audio input or video input built into the browser. You can install a plugin, however, called Rainbow. Um, and if, if those of you are curious about that, 
uh, come see me afterwards. And uh, myself and my, my coworker, Dan Mosdale, is here uh, working in the labs. He's waving his hand back there. Uh, he's built this kind of, he's built this amazing browser-only karaoke demo. And so if you're curious to see what that looks like and how that works, uh, come see us afterwards and we'll give you a little sneak peek of the future. Last question. Uh, so, so this looks great, but I bet that the processing of uh, it, uh, speed of JavaScript isn't great for a lot of the DSP. Are there any DSP primitives planned for, you know, existing on the the um, um, more of in native code like uh, that that uh, are gonna are something that I, I guess you don't have any of them right now, but. Is, would there be uh, any interest in having more of sort of, you know, FFT and things like that on the other side uh, as far as, so you didn't have to do it in JavaScript, you could just call certain functions and get uh, um, some DSP. Um, um. So, so basically the question is, is there thoughts to putting some of the DSP access or FFTs or that kind of like very um, computationally intense APIs um, into the browser as well? And the answer is yes. The audio working group is actually working on that very thing. At, at trying to take the pieces that appear to be more computationally expensive um, and put them into uh, the series of APIs that you would use to transform audio, to be able to put it through a bunch of different stages, for example, that you could build up and hook together. So, yeah, if you're curious in the, in the development of that, go ahead and check out the W3C Audio Working Group. Um, and once again, the URL for all this stuff, wiki.mozilla.org slash audio. Thank you. Great, thank you so much. Okay, so um, real quick, uh, there's a bunch of seats over here for those of you who are standing at the back if you want to um, come and sit. So I'll just introduce myself while we're getting the next demo set up. Uh, I'm Courtney Harding, and I'm hosting the demos for the next couple hours. Uh, until a week ago, I was an editor at Billboard, and now I am working on a project to help connect um, the tech community and the music community and specifically bring together interesting um, startups and interesting uh, folks in the music community and really help them bridge a lot of the divide. So if you're interested in that, that's what I do. Uh, so next up, we have Tomahawk, who did some really cool stuff at uh, SF Music Hack Day, for those of you who were there uh, over the weekend. And I see a lot of familiar faces, so it's, it's good timing. So all right, let's, uh, let's get it rocking. Cool. So uh, I'm Jay Herskowitz. Uh, I'm one of the contributors on Tomahawk. Tomahawk is an open source social media player. Um, so some of you guys are, that were at Hack Day yesterday, you've seen this uh, couple slides. I apologize, but I'm going to run through them really quick. So just to kind of give you some of the, the, uh, the thoughts behind it, actually the, the music in the cloud panel this morning, uh, they were kind of unwittingly really promoting some of, the, some of the problems that we were trying to solve with Tomahawk. So, um, so yesterday, let's just say, you've got music everywhere. Uh, as a consumer, your local library, your library at home, lockers, XFM, SoundCloud, your music subscription service, blogs, YouTube, everywhere, and you have to jump currently from service to service to service, and all of your music is scattered all over the place, and it makes it really hard, and you think, why can't I listen to all my music from one place? Um, sharing, the other big problem, the music subs subscription services in particular have a problem where you all have to subscribe to the same thing if you want to share content. So now you've got RDO, Spotify, Mog, iTunes users trying to share stuff, and it's a bunch of spam in your Twitter stream, excuse me, uh, and on your Facebook because you've got links to content that don't play if you're not a subscriber. Um, you go to uh, a music blog and they've got great context, but they're missing content. Um, so how can you allow other people to add context? You can bring your own content. 
So now the future is here today, um, at least version 0 0.1. Um, so here we go. Um, everybody looks and says, oh, okay, there's a media player here. This looks kind of interesting, kind of like a standard media player that you would, uh, you're used to, but let's dive in and kind of see what goes on. So right now it's got the concept of separate content resolvers, and a content resolver is an available source of content. You can plug in content resolvers for lots of different services. There's already, I think, almost oh, probably eight or nine. Um, and basically, when you give Tomahawk uh, metadata about a song, an artist in a track, it will just find the best place to play it from. And it can jump from source to source to source seamlessly without you having to do it. Um, people can share across services, across providers. Um, you can bring your own context, uh, your own content to various contexts. And I'll just jump right in here real quick. Um, so let's see. So media player, it plays. Um, what you will see here is I've got a bunch of different content resolvers. Um, and so within this right here, this recently played, I'm currently resolving to Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, my own library. Um, whoop, I'm sorry. I can come in, show you real quick. Resolvers, I've got a bunch of different resolvers plugged in here that it's searching. Oh, sorry, I wanted to go in back in here. Uh, accounts, I can go ahead and let's see, I'm gonna connect. So right here you see there's somebody actually on this local network. I can stream from them. Uh, I, can look, I can look at their playlists. It's gonna resolve to the best source, which may or may not be their own library. Um, so let's go here. Let me turn on a couple of the others. Let me turn on this, let me turn on this. And what it's gonna do is connect to my home machine. It's gonna connect to other people um, that I'm friends with and you'll be able to, uh, unless the demo gods make it so I don't, which it may. Oh, there we go. So you'll see some of my friends are showing up. I can see their playlists. I can see their content. I can... Can I listen to German hip-hop? You want to listen to German hip-hop? Yeah. Oh, let's see some German... I don't even know what, to, what this is. Um, so the network is not being super friendly to me right now. But while that's doing that, let me show you some other things very quickly. Um, you can scrape metadata out of pages. So here's Pitchfork um, using some JavaScript to scrape out. Whoops, I'm sorry, I did not want to do that. Oh, I just totally screwed that up. My apologies. So there is a little bookmarklet here. Let me add that back up. Let me go back to this. Um, I can scrape out metadata from sites all over the web, different music subscri subscription services, um, blogs, what have you. If they mark up audio with standard uh, micro formats like H-Audio, you can go ahead and do that. I can send this playlist directly into Tomahawk. Let me show you what just happened. So what it does is it does it send all that metadata into my player and then it's gonna go ahead and resolve all that. Um, you'll see here, this is a blog where I've actually, all I've done is marked up, I'm talking about a song right here, all I've done is mark it up with H-Audio. So it's going and finding the, the H-Audio marked in there, so I talked about these three tracks. Um, this will actually connect to the local host and uh, you're able to actually play it right out of the page as well. Okay, so. So 
I would actually be really curious um, if anyone from RDO or Spotify or any of those companies are in the audience and if they had any thoughts on this. Anyone know that some of those people are out here? They might just be a different panels. Okay, uh, well, let's do some audience questioning then. So where's this going and how quickly? Um, this is going pretty quickly. I mean, this is, like I said, uh, an open source project. There are, I mean, started off with probably four guys working on it in their spare time. Um, started probably about a year ago. A lot of these concepts were built on a project that started a couple years ago called Playdar, um, which is a fantastic concept, is really the original concept. Uh, Tomahawk builds upon that. And uh, it is moving very quickly, actually. At Music Hack Day, we had um, uh, Nicholas, I don't know if he's here somewhere, wrote three content resolvers in a matter of about two hours uh, for Gemendo. Um, official FM, and there was another one, I believe. So um, we would, we are uh, very excited by the reaction we've got from the open source community. Um, and any given day you come on to the uh, IRC channel, you'll see probably 50 developers on there um, asking how they can get involved. Do we have any more questions? Okay, right there. Hi, so it looks like there was a way to share your own library and have that library incorporated into the player? So yeah, you can, the, probably the easiest thing to do, with like the first use case that I tell everyone to try, uh, install it at home, install it on your laptop, log into both with your, with your Google account, and you get remote access to your home library. Uh, if you wanted to let people get access to it, you could. Last question, if there is one. Any more questions? One more? Okay. So, so is this only just like a client app, or is it an API as well? Um, so, it, I mean, it is a client. It is open source. Anybody can fork it and build off of it. There are some APIs um, uh, in terms of how you can... There's some examples of how you can re write different content resolvers, and they can be written essentially in any language that um, the user's machine is capable of executing. Most of the resolvers now are written in JavaScript, so you can write lots of different content resolvers in JavaScript. And then um, the, uh, the protocol itself and the HTTP API, and there's actually a JavaScript library, a Playdar JavaScript library, where you can embed it in your sites and enable your site to talk to Tomahawk so that you can have other people bring, essentially, access to whatever content they have to your site. Great, well, thank you so much. That was a really awesome demo. Um, okay. Next up, we have Music Shake. And if Boppler Games wants to be uh, ready and on deck to present afterwards, that would be fantastic. Hi, uh, I'm Ki Hong with, uh, with a company called Music Shake. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with uh, GarageBand or any uh, music sequences, should uh, find our app very uh, intuitive and easy to understand. Uh, so we have an application both available on the web and on the iPhone that lets you create your own music uh, using more than 1.3 million different music modules that we create in-house. Um, let me just uh, load the demo I have. So basically how you operate this is you click these blocks, uh, music blocks on and off. So basically anything that's on, meaning any block that's, uh, that has a color, will play when the play bar goes uh, over it. This is a uh, string. Guitar. String. Bass. And 
then second part is when the drum, the the powerful drums are kicking. Now all we need is vocals here, and after many painful months of discussion with music labels and publishers, we were able to get some licensed content. So this app actually has uh, B.O.B.'s original vocals from the song Aeroplanes. So the bottom track uh, with this image uh, has his own vocals. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky? Yeah. I could use a dream so or a you can basically choose which part of the vocals you want. Yeah. So I, I have all the vocals uh, fully on here. And you know I have two guitars here. I'm actually going to change this to a different instrument. So you can pick an instrument and actually find many variations. Or if you want to change the instrument, uh, I'm going to change it to, say, saxophone. Relaxing alto saxophone, and you can also adjust the volumes. Click it, and the whole thing gets uh, switched to the instrument that you just chose. Now let's play the whole remix. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I can really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. Now, if you think clicking these blocks on and off is still way too hard, here's what we can do. You can actually choose a different genre, say electronica, and you click this shake button. So if you have an iPhone in real life, you can actually shake your phone. And then we'll just create a random remix of the song in that uh, specific genre. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I can really use a wish right I can really use a wish right now. Wish right now. Wish right now. Now, you can actually also record your vocals. Um, I, I'm not much of a singer, but let me sing along with Haley Williams. Can we pretend like that? Stars. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, so let's play that. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky can we pretend like that? Stars. <laughs> sorry. I can really. All right. So after you're done creating your remix, uh, you can actually, you know, post it either on MusicShake.com, you know, Facebook, or you can send uh, the email link to your friends. Um, so this is the, uh, our remix app based on B.O.B.'s Aeroplanes, uh, which is actually not released yet, but what we have available on the App Store is the King of Pop, Michael Jackson's um, uh, Jackson 5's ABC, choose Latin, uh, shake the phone. It, it used to be easy as ABC. <laughs> Well, anyways, I mean, you can download it for download it for two ninety nine. <laughs> um, but I really do want to show it to you guys. Let me try for the last time. Um, ah, come on. Well, 
Well, uh, so that's about it. it it's, a, it's an app that lets you create your own music, but it's so easy and intuitive that it can actually be used as a remix platform where, you know, if we, if we are lucky enough to get the licensed content, we can put the original vocals and, you know, turn it into a powerful remix platform. Thank you. I was actually curious if any artists or managers or labels had come to you and been curious about this as like a promotional platform because I could see this being great for fan engagement. You know, the fans create the remixes and then you know the top the band picks the top three and they get a you know flown to a concert or whatever. Has anyone come to you with with that sort of interest? Oh, that's that's where we want to take it to. But okay. you know, we we're just getting started as a company, so right now we do want to get some more exposure. Right. And hopefully, we'll actually have people come to us. Uh, you know, creating for these remix apps. Cool. All right. Are there any other questions? Any questions? Questions from Anyone? the audience. Okay. Oh wait. There's oh, we back there. I see one. I don't quite get how it deals with underlying harmony when you get a track going. Sorry, what was that? Um, how do you deal with the underlying harmony when you remix a track? Um, w w when do, do, you you have, do you have a previous analysis that you're using? That's what I'm asking. So uh, the, the, way, the way we turn it into a remix app is uh, we only need the vocal acapellas. Uh, you know, all the instrumentals we actually recreated, you know, using our own uh, music blocks. So, that, you know, I, I mean, if you want to create any song into, into a Music Shake remix app, you know, all we would actually need, you know, are the original vocals. And the other instrumentals, we do try to recreate it using our own modules, uh, mimic it as, as you know, much as we can. Hi, my name is Luke. Uh, just to add to that question, the harmony is pre-analyzed. So we're just using sound samples that match the harmony. So it's, it's already worked out. OK, any more questions? I can do one more if there is one. one more. Quick one. OK, one. there we go. There we go. Uh, hi, first of all, I think it's great. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Um, but my question is, when you post this to Facebook or you post this to email or the other sharing system that you have. Um, that's basically posting the song, potentially the original song or some variant thereof. Um, there's got to be some licensing issues involved with that. That's kind of complicated, right? So it, it, it is very complicated. And it actually depends on you know, who you talk, uh, you know, what the, the master wants, what the publishers want. Uh, but for Jackson 5's ABC song, which we actually have live right now, um, the only thing you can do is actually stream it uh, as long as it's coming from the Music Shake server side, and the length is limited to 30 seconds. Uh, with other, I mean, that's, that's the case with Universal. With other masters like Warner, you know, they don't have uh, such uh, strict limitations, but uh, I guess it's, it's on a case by case basis. Okay, well, thank you guys very much. Thank you. All right. Okay, so next up we have Boppler Games, and after that we're, I'd like to have Gobbler uh, come up on deck. All right. Uh, my name is uh, Albin Servion. I'm the CEO of uh, Mix P4. I just arrived from Paris. 
and I don't, know if, I don't know whether it's a good morning, good afternoon, etc. Uh, we used to develop a remix, a remix, music remix app uh, in, in, uh, in the past, and now we are focused on uh, social music gaming uh, on Facebook. Um, that's what we did. This is our focus right now. Uh, what about music and social gaming? Uh, a few months ago, uh, while we were working with some brands, with most of the labels and majors and remixing app widget on Facebook and MySpace, we then had a look at Facebook and then we discovered that there are basically no uh, music gaming app, except maybe Nightclub City from Booyah, which is very good uh, gaming and social game on, on Facebook, but nothing which is really core to the music, nothing, no, no social games allowing music fans to play with their preferred music. That was what we discovered last summer. And music is uh, inherently social, you know. Most of the time when you listen to music, you listen to music with, uh, with your friends, you know. And if you look at Facebook, there are one more than, and I'm sure these uh, figures are outdated now, but there are one, uh, more than one, um, 150 artists with more than one million fans on Facebook. And if you look at you know, Eminem, Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, they have more than 30 million fans on Facebook, all right? And the opportunity for us, why, and this is why we decided to focus on social music game, to start a new vertical on Facebook. And we had a unique technology internally at MXP4, which is now patented, which basically uh, uh, allowed to combine on the fly any MP3 license from the major publishers and label to any casual game developed with our own SDK. Okay, then let me show you, uh, this is called the ALD technology. Let me show you a demo with a Lady Gaga song, okay? We've scanned the, the MP3 on the fly, and then we extracted three information from the song. The beat, the chroma, like the lyric structure of the song, and the segment, the different segment of the song, the intro, the bridge, the conclusion, etc. And then you will see a game which is totally driven by the music. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. And you have to collect coins, you know, it's a classic uh, casual music game. And then you can start playing with the music. Okay. That's, that's one of the first games. Uh, we did a test last summer with David Gala and a few others, uh, artists such as Enrique Iglesias, uh, Faris Movement, and some others. And we achieved in eight weeks 1.3 million monthly active users without any marketing spendings. Then we decided to pivot the a B2B company, MXP4, into a social music game studio, B2C company. Uh, called Bopler Games. The, the application is already available on Facebook. Then you can check the, the content and the app. Here is the demo. You're riding, you're looking special when you're falling again 
Right, then you can you can download the app on your profile on Facebook. That's the way it looks. Then again, as a summary, uh, you can browse uh, the different steps. You can browse a catalog of songs. Then you keep uh, you pick up whatever song you like. Then you select a game which has been developed with our SDK. Then you can start playing. But before that, you have two options. You can play the Blitz mode, which is a 60-second uh, clip of the song that you can play for free, or you can play up to three times a day. Okay. Or you can play the full track by using Facebook credits. On top of that, if you want to improve your user experience, you can purchase boosters, energy drinks, etc. Et uh, the same with fa some Facebook uh, credits uh, directly from the app. Then you can start playing. And then you have a fun, how do you say, a personal page with all the combination of games and songs you've played with. You can share with your friends. You can compete with your friends. We've just launched a, a, a feature which is called Challenge to challenge with all your friends. Microtransaction on Facebook. That's it. Thank you. I should probably not be allowed to have that because I would never get any work done, but I'd probably score really high. Uh, do we have any questions for these guys? Any questions? Questions? questions. Very clear demo. All right, there we go. Oh, I saw one. Put you're, your head up again. You're the superstar. He's breaking the ice. When you were talking about your audio analysis that you do, it sounds like you pull out beat information, maybe the FFT. What characteristics are you using to drive your games from the audio? Well, uh, first, the easy one is the beat, for sure, like a classic uh, tap, tap tap the game, you know. And after, as you've seen, it can be the segmentation of the song. Then, uh, let's say, on a Space Invader, you've seen. Uh, on a song, you have an, you have an intro, you have uh, some chorus, you have bridges, you have a uh, conclusion, okay? Then for each segment of the song, you will have different, you know, a spaceship coming, different background, then it's not only, it's both a visual experience and an audio experience. And it's uh, the, the different information, it's like the, yeah, the, 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 the beat, the, um, the segments, the chroma, the, the harmonies, uh, the pitch, obviously, that's it. It's automatic, okay. Cool. Then if we, uh, right now we're ingesting content from the majors and publishers, and it's done on the fly. You just have to upload the MP3 on the engine, and then you select a game. Then right now we have, uh, today I think we have six games online, and by the end of June we'll have 12 games available. Awesome, all right, one more question. We're currently testing a, um, how do you call that, an SDK for independent developers so that they can you know, develop their own games with our technology. Is there anything you can do in the game that affects the playback of the track, like slow it down or put a filter on it or something? No, we, we've learned in the past with MXP4, I mean, when we used to develop remix app that there is no way to interest an artist by modifying the integrity of the song. Then uh, I think there is no way to scale the business, then no, we don't change the, the music at all. Great, thank you so much. Okay, next up we have Gobbler, and we've got Audio Vroom. Uh, get ready to uh, come up and be on deck. Okay, does this, I have a huge computer and a lot of like hardware and stuff in front of me, so it may just be a. Yeah, the wireless is Okay. 
the wireless mic? It's right here. Yeah. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Jamie Kantrowitz. Um, I'm going to give you a little demo about Gobbler, which is a company that I co-founded with my big brother, Chris, who's right over here in the audience. Uh, yes, siblings. Okay. So um, just really quickly so I can get a context of who's in the audience. How many people here either create audio, manage, produce, or work with DAW, digital audio, every day? Okay, great. How many people here take pictures and store them? How many people store them off-site? How many people know what that means? Okay, great. So what we're, gonna, what we're about to show you is basically tools for the way that media creators can organize, manage, store, and preserve long-term their creation off-site, in the cloud, on their desktop. Um, let me give you a little bit of context of where Chris and I come from. So in 2004, uh, I went to work at a little company called MySpace, and I was brought there to start the music department. Um, I'd never worked in music before, but uh, I happen to know a lot of people in the music business and entertainment business, and I went there and it, you know, everybody knows what happened to MySpace. At the same time, my brother, who was a video game developer, had decided that he had spent too many years in front of a computer and he wanted to change in lifestyle and he started a music content and live experiences production company. And so uh, that's the Strokes' MySpace page and that is the Strokes design concert at Coachella that my brother actually just designed. And so um, what we've done in the last six years is we've gotten to know a lot of people who make music and not just make music but produce it, um, from the indie perspective and the DIY perspective all the way up to the major labels and everyone else is in here talking about streaming and consumer and whatnot but there's one thing that my brother and I started talking about a lot which was um, the, the, the music creation landscape is so digital and yet at the same time um, the way that these files are managed every day and organized and dealt with actually was very analog and the picture of my brother, if you can see the computers in front of the stroke screen, is this perspective of like six years of traveling around the world and just us hearing the worst, most disastrous stories about, you know, our friends in bands that I will not reveal on this stage who have like left drives in a car full of master audio and literally lost albums only to have to go back into the studio and recreate it. Um, that from just literally not having a really easy way to just back up your stuff every day so that you never, ever, ever lose what you make, which is what musicians and uh, photographers and filmmakers love. Um, and so we started talking a few years ago, actually, and we started talking to a lot of people that we work with, and we realized that media creators have a lot of really unique needs when it comes to organizing, sharing, and securing their work. And there are some people like Will I Am who might have an IT guy who does this for you, but everybody knows what the landscape is now. The home studio is growing. Um, everybody has music creation tools in their hands, but not necessarily these kinds to make it easy to manage and save. So a couple of key factors. Media projects are large and complicated. They're not Word documents. They are one project file with thousands and thousands of files under them. These projects are often very big, and they're stored on multiple external drives. So you probably store your photos on a hard drive. Most musicians have tens of hard drives, and zip drives, and thumb drives. And they walk them around, and they carry them, and they lose stuff, and they don't know where it is, and 
you guys probably know because I see that guy smiling right there. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. A few key things in terms of that technologically, which is it becomes very difficult to track versions of that project. Remixes, German techno guys, 97 versions, leaking, whatever, whatever. Like nobody knows where these files are. The second thing is that if you put a hard drive at the bottom of your closet for two years and you go and open it and you try and find and open some GarageBand file and you're like 19 versions beyond, like past from the current GarageBand, you've lost that file too. You can't open it anymore. So people don't update their drives regularly enough and they often lose work because of that. The third thing is um, when you hold and store your work on disconnected drives, it's often just hard to manage it and you lose track of it. So the third uh, major thing that we learned about all of these artists is um, even though technology has gotten so much better and we all love Dropbox and we all love you send it and all these great things that everyone uses every day, um, file transfer is still a major pain point for anyone who regularly makes file projects that are over a gigabyte in size. The reason why is because you need very specific deduping and intelligent backup and all sorts of complicated things that really big generic syncing file and backup services aren't necessarily thinking about for you because you're not their target critical mass market mainstream. Um, what happens in music and film is people still courier, FedEx, you know, have an intern, drive it over, like people have systems. It's usually not file transfer. Everybody knows how long it's taken to wait for a file. This is a very regular occurrence. This is something that we set out to solve. The other thing is, internet speed still is not great. So you're already reckoning with what's going on in the world. So we set out to solve this problem and we made Gobbler. And Gobbler has three components. Organizing your files, intelligent backup and version cataloging of your files, and a new collaboration service. For those of you that don't make music, imagine you send it plus Dropbox plus MobileMe, but for professional media, which is very complicated data. Very straightforward. Yes, some of you have... Oh, I didn't even demo. Oh, my God, I'm such a chitter chatter. Okay, we're making it for video and we're making it for photos, and I didn't even get to the product demo, which I can't believe I did. Okay, let me just show you the product really quick. I'll do a couple of quick things. So I just want to show you some cool features of it. Um, speaking in short sentences was never my strength. So this is Gobbler. It's a desktop app. This is a file called Life. Okay. So what this is your catalog is all of your drives scanned. This is a drive right here that I've plugged in. If I just click and scan this drive, it's going to start scanning the files that are on that are on it. And you can unplug and plug in your drives over and over again so that you are creating this really big catalog. Once you disconnect this drive, all of this information is still available to you in the app. And so you can manage all of the files on your disconnected drives. Um, when you reconnect them, it will update your drives. But you can bring this catalog anywhere with you. You can log into it from any computer and on a mobile phone. Um, I just want to show you really quickly. So that's really basic organization. Now I'm going into this file called life. Um, we're at SF Tech. Let's say I want to catalog and organize my stuff by you know, where I'm making it. So I've created a tag called SF Tech. And if you see it down here, you can go to it. And life is now in my tag. So you can tag and geotag and sort your files various different ways. When I go back to life, you can see that these are all of the files that I was talking about that live within the project, okay? And this is where transfer and, and um, backup become really cumbersome for people is because 
Um, there's all of these small files inside this large project. So um, what you can do is to show the, do I have time to just show the versioning? Because that's really cool. Okay, I'm just gonna show this really quick. So basically, I have this file, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna open up GarageBand. And I'm gonna go and create a new file, new track. Do, 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 do. Okay. And so I've created a new track. And what Gobbler's doing is, here it is. If you can see, Gobbler's uploading that file to the cloud right now. It's that change. And then when I go back to my projects, and I go back to life, you'll see that Gobbler's now updating that file with the new version, and I've made a new version of that file. And so it's tracking every single version of the file that you, the, sorry, the project that you ever make. And you can see that I made several before I got up here. And if you want to roll back to any of those versions of that project, you can easily roll back and download it. So you really, really never ever lose your work, which is great for musicians who smoke a lot of pot <laughs> in the studio late at night and forget to back their files up. There's a lot of other features in this, but I'll admit that I'm not really experienced in demoing this product, but this is the gist of Gobbler. And anyone have questions? Do I have time? All right, any questions? One. Yeah, okay, here we go. Sorry, I love that you're starting, but I'll try and get some more voice. So could I say, are you in, in turn going against the companies like uh, Dropbox and Box.net, which has also cloud storage. So, just wondering. So, no, it's actually a really different product, even though we've talked to Dropbox and all of these different competitors. This is really a workflow and management tool and a long term preservation and cataloging service. So, um, we don't feel that we're in direct competition. Like, people are still going to use things like Dropbox for different everyday management. This is like a very robust. Uh, asset management system that we finally can make because the technology is there to actually get these files into the cloud to allow you to do that. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we've got a we've got audio room um, up next, but I think since we've all been sitting here for an hour and we've got another hour of demos and we're actually doing okay on time, I'm going to give everyone a one minute break to stretch your legs and shake out your limbs and uh, and then we'll start with audio room in just a minute.